Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. Get your groove on, get your groove on. Love is in the air. Oh, yes, it is. Everywhere I look around. Yes, it is. It's Valentine's Day here, which means love is in the air. And do you know what that means for you and what that means for me? Is today we're going to talk about how to improve your relationship right now. What happens if you're not in a relationship? Good news. This will serve you as well. What happens if you've missed Valentine's Day and you're listening to this after Valentine's Day? Well, firstly, shame on you because I release an episode every Monday, so you should have been onto it and you should have downloaded it so that you could have been prepared for Valentine's Day so you know exactly what your partner needs. So if you're late to the party, it does not matter because this will only make your relationship better. Three guesses on who this needs to be dedicated to. And when I say needs to, I want to. I'm going to dedicate this to my wife because, let's face it, She's the best wife on the planet, and she's audioing this right now. She's going to be like the project manager of this, so I need to get into the good books real quick. Oh. <laughs> yes, you don't. See, that's how, that's how we roll in this house, you see. And nine years ago to this very day, I asked my wonderful wife if she would marry me. And of course, I said, yes. Of course, and that's a great story. And perhaps because this is the love month, we might share that with you at a later date. Yeah, it's a cool story. Worth sharing. (laughs) Worth waiting for. (laughs) It was only 13 years, babe. 13 years. All good things come to those that wait. (laughs) I thought what might be really useful for everybody on the podcast for February is sharing how to have more intimate deep relationship with your significant other. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how you can improve your relationship right now. And what I want to uh, share with you is some is one of the tools that both me and Sam have, have used with coaching clients. So most people don't know that Sam's also a qualified emotional intimacy coach. And when we work uh, one-on-one, we sometimes work two-on-two. And that means that we will both be having... A, a relationship like a wife and wife or husband and husband or husband and wife and we will do a zoom coaching call and they will have both of us on the call and they will both be on the call so that they can understand what our perspective is and take that on board and they want to know how we've had such a successful relationship for 20 years so um, what we want to do is share with you one of the tools that we start uh, or that we started a few years ago that we feel is pretty significant when we do relationship coaching that we've found really useful. So Sam, what is it? It is called um, the five love languages. So understanding your partner's love language so that when you are sharing or trying to connect with your partner, you're doing it in a way that is take that is received 
in the way that it is given or meant to be given. Yeah. So there we go. So you may express affection to your significant other regularly, but do you truly take the time to make sure you're communicating it the way your partner wants to receive it? Even love can sometimes get lost in translation when two partners speak different love languages. So what we're going to do today is we're actually going to start by sharing a story. Well, I'm actually going to get Sam to share this part of the story. And there'll be no domestic, Sam. Because <laughs> we just remember, Ursh is always right. So, you know, what's the benefit on, and why do you think, you know, once we found out about love languages, you know, how that changed our relationship. But let's start from the beginning. So, yeah, let's talk back to what you... You know, what, what was one of your challenges and then, you know, that caused a roadblock in our relationship at that time and then what changed? Um, so for me, when, when we first got together and throughout the whole the start of our relationship, my way of showing love and, that, um, and showing my love language was by doing acts of service. So I would go over and above to do things um, for Ursh all the time and that was my way of showing her that um, I cared and that I loved her. And I made a big mistake one um, Christmas where I happened to spend, I think, a full week leading up to Christmas trying to install a kitchen so that Ursh could have her Christmas present being her kitchen for Christmas. And um, I got, took it to the point where I got up on Christmas morning at ridiculous o'clock to install the last bit of the kitchen so she had her Christmas kitchen. Um, this and didn't go down so well. I was going to say, how did that go down? <laughs> it did not go down very well. There was a... Um, yeah, there was a lot of, um, we might have had a bit of a um, altercation, <laughs> an oopsie on that particular Christmas morning, whereas I thought I was doing the most amazing thing and showing her how much I loved her, but getting out of bed at stupid o'clock on Christmas morning to get her kitchen done, um, and I didn't actually quite understand. I thought that, you know, can you not see how much I love you and what I'm doing? So it was a bit of a wake-up call for us because, you know, Sam was working her butt off trying to give me what she felt I needed and all I saw was um, the opposite of what she was delivering. And it wasn't that I wasn't grateful for the kitchen, but um, gifts mean nothing to me. So uh, what it did lead us to do was actually read the book. um, The Five Love Languages. The Five Love Languages. Can we drop that in the link? Maybe we can. Yeah, I'll see if I can. I should, I should be able to put it in there. Yeah, so today we're going to go into depth a little bit about that because from that particular event, we then identified what our love languages were and that changes the trajectory of our relationship. Yeah, well, it just makes you now have a much better understanding of what makes your partner happy and then you can deliver on that because. Let's be honest, I didn't want to get up at stupid o'clock on Christmas morning to put together a kitchen either. It wasn't on the top of my list of things to do, but I thought it was the right thing. Now that I know what the right thing is, so but, much easier. And also when we look at that in hindsight, right, I mean, how hard was that for you to work, get up early, work your butt off, and you'd been working your butt off for three days, and there was just no gratitude and no appreciation. No, so it was in the dog been, box. <laughs> it wasn't even in the dog box, but how did you feel? Like oh, doing all this work and then like it was just a waste of time and I couldn't do anything right and you just feel like no matter what you do you're not going to make your partner happy so you may as well give up and not do anything I guess they you know that you have that moment of discouragement and um, what 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 else am I supposed to do 
So perhaps you've been in a relationship or you're currently in a relationship and you constantly feel like you're smashing your head against the wall and that your partner never listens and they don't understand and they just don't get it. And if you have or if you are currently experiencing that then you know we really want you to know that you are not alone and this is really common in in clients that we've coached through this and because you know it comes down to the fact that we didn't know this shit like who knew that there was a thing called a love language like this is all brand new and when we first found out about it you know, it made us feel like, one, we weren't alone, that we weren't stupid, that, you know, our relationship wasn't over, not that it was nearly over, but sometimes you can, it can get to the point where there's so much frustration. And once you have a clear understanding of how your partner operates and how they like to receive love or how they perceive love, it means that you can have a closer, more intimate relationship because all of a sudden the penny drops and they get you. And then how did that make you feel once we understood that? Oh, it's like a massive relief because it's all you want to do as a partner is you want to be the best partner you can be and you want your significant other to be happy. And knowing what makes somebody happy and being able to deliver on that is so much easier than trying to figure it out and over deliver in areas that actually end up meaning nothing to your partner so it just it brings you to a happier place way more often and much for much longer periods of time because you understand what your partner needs and, and it's so simple when you know oh, it, takes, it just honestly it's like it's, like no it's a damn bloody relief it's like i've been working my butt off in this area thinking that this is going to make you happy and there's never any satisfaction or words of gratitude it's like you know you're, you're smashing your head against the wall so we're going to share with you the five languages but firstly i want to share a quote with you that i think is really relevant is we assume others show love the same way we do and if they don't we worry that it's not there mm. and i mean it's interesting because like, I don't even, I don't, like, acts of service is what I would naturally do for somebody that I care about. I want to do stuff for them. I want things to be perfect. I want it all, I don't want them to have to do anything. That makes me feel like I'm showing my love. But in return, I would hate for Ursh to run around doing things for me because it's not something that I actually want. So just because you see somebody doing one way of sharing their love doesn't mean that that's the way that they want it in return. And I thought that was quite interesting for me because um, I always thought that what you show is what you want, but it's probably more what you've learned. So what have I learned from my parents is showing love, potentially. And mm. I think my dad spends his whole life showing his love for our family by doing acts of service, mm. by doing things for us and you know creating... Uh, happy holidays and going out and doing cool stuff so I've probably just followed from from what he does yeah. and mum you know she's been an amazing um, partner and she's always doing things for dad Excellent and she service. makes breakfast and she mm. does the washing and she tidies the house she makes the house the home and you know that's her acts of service so I've grown up in that environment where acts of service are ways of showing love so I believe that that's why that's my go-to um what do you call it, love language, when I'm trying to show love to someone else. But not what I want in return. I don't want people to do acts of service for me. Interesting. So there we go. Um, it, is a, it is a really powerful quote, and it's we, we forget, 
you know, that the way that we think and the way that we feel is different to our partners. So, you know, love can be expressed and received in five languages. However, if you don't speak a person's primary love language, that person will not feel loved, even though you may be speaking the other four. Once you are speaking his and her primary love language fluently, then you can sprinkle in the other four and they will be liking, be like having icing on the cake. Mm. You know, so with Sam, you know, being on the receiving end of Sam doing acts of service, that like uh, acts of service for me is actually number four on my list. So it's not that important. And what that meant to me is that I didn't feel like she loved me. So she would go and do all these things and I'd be like, yeah, that's cool, that's great, that's whatever. And Sam's working her butt off to think, you know, I keep doing this stuff and I'm still not getting the outcome, the, the desired outcome. So let's move on to, you know, what are the five love languages and how, how do you know what to do? So we're going we're gonna to dig deep. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper because you got some work to do here. Well, you got some stuff that you can figure out and all of a sudden your relationship can just start operating at the next level and it will blow you away. It'll just blow you out of the water. Okay, so Ursh, what are these five love languages that you speak? The five love languages are five different ways of expressing and receiving love. Words of affirmation is number one. Quality time is number two. Receiving gifts is number three, acts of service is number four, and then there's physical touch. Not everyone communicates love in the same way, and likewise, people have different ways they prefer to receive love. The concepts of love language was developed by Gary Chapman, PhD, in his book, The Five Love Languages. So let's start with the first one, words of affirmation. Take it away, Sam. All right, people with words of affirmation as a love language value verbal acknowledgement of affection, including frequent I love yous, compliments, words of appreciation, verbal encouragement, and often frequent digital communication like texting and social media engagement. So let's figure out how to find out if words of affirmation is your love language. Okay, number one. You really like hearing your partner say, I love you. Those three words are particularly meaningful, special, and reassuring for you to hear again and again and again. Two, you appreciate when you're being acknowledged and praised. It's nice to have your efforts recognized with kind words, no matter how small it is. It lets you know that you are valued. Extra points if it comes out of the blue, of course. And we always want to go for the extra points. Okay, number three, the details matter. And it's important your partner remarks on things like if you changed your hair or actually put on work clothes instead of your pajamas for your Zoom work call, it shows they are paying attention, which helps you feel cherished. Was it number four? You feel valued when they mm. take the time to thoughtfully reflect and comment on something positive they noticed you doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like going to the gym or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Number five, when you do something nice for your partner, they say thank you, 
which makes you feel recognized and affirmed. So if, I want you just to take a moment and think about what we've just read out here. So we've got like four or five points, right, that are specifically related to words of affirmation. And if any of this resonates with you, any of these statements resonates with you, then what's really important to understand is this could potentially be one of your big love languages. And this is important because once you understand what your love language is, it's going to make you feel like you're in a relationship with a partner that understands you. It's like they really get you. And this means that you've got the connection and the openness and the trust readily available, which means that you and your partner can have a more emotional and intimate relationship. So that leaves you feeling happier, more confident in your relationship. Uh, you feel the love and the passion picks up. So if your partner, this is their love language or it's their number one love language, what action steps could you do? So this is one of my top love, love languages, right? So getting an unexpected note, um, receiving a text message or a card, uh, genuinely have... Um, encouragement and this is just a Ursh favorite like if I'm going out somewhere and you know Sam doesn't say I look amazing or I look sexy or I look glamorous or something like that I'm like hello did you notice the effort I put in like for me to grab a hair straightener or for me to chuck on some lipstick that's a big deal in this house like that doesn't happen a lot right so if I wear a dress like I wore yesterday and my wife didn't comment on it I might think that she doesn't love me did you get that subtle hint that I wore a dress yesterday did you <laughs> not the right thing to say you, you did look beautiful though see good comeback did you wear a dress yesterday of course I wore a dress yesterday, hen. Wasn't that the day before? <laughs> no, it was yesterday. Well, and you are not going to edit that out. Anyway, perhaps you may have, might have noticed my tone got a little bit raised then. Because I wore a dress yesterday, a beautiful blue dress yesterday. And not once did my wife comment on the fact that, hey, you're wearing a dress and you look amazing. Bad. So bad. You dropped the ball. I dropped the ball big time. So what does that mean to a partner that would drop the ball? That you're in naughty land. <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and straight away, there would be a disconnect. Even though it's such a small, it would seem like a really small thing. But small things make the biggest difference. And now thinking back, I do remember you were wearing that blue dress yesterday. Yeah, better late than never. Better <laughs> late than never. So in the past, what used to happen is I would go to Sam and say, do I look okay? You see, when I go out somewhere, I'm not dressing up for anyone else. I don't actually care what other people think about what, what I'm wearing. Like it, it's really important for me that when I go out somewhere, I look hot for my wife. I don't care about what other people are thinking. I don't care what they if they like me in a dress and pants, if I'm wearing lipstick, but I want my wife to always think that I'm hot and sexy. Oh, I do. Hmm. I do. All the time. Always. You, I'm very the rare. person alive. I am. Very rare do you drop the ball on that. And that <laughs> is also, you know, since we know that, we can also use that to our best advantage. So, yeah. you know, like, and it's not hard, you know. Like I said to Sam, is it hard for you to say that to me when we started doing this? She'd be like, no. 
Oh, because you think it anyway, but you just sometimes don't think to say it. Whereas, um, and I mean, if if Ursh was the opposite and did not like words of affirmation, if they were at the bottom of her list of things, then if I say it, it would just go like, oh, over the top of her head, doesn't care. But one of the other things I would have dropped a ball on would make a big difference. Well, you know, like, so it's, for her, it's important to hear words of affirmation. And um, therefore, I should not drop the ball frequently. You don't often. No, I don't. Okay, now we're going to move on to the second one, Sam, because this got, this might be a long podcast today. Okay. okay, so let's move on to the second one. Quality time. So people, well, I'll let you read it. Okay. I've Pe- written some notes. People who love language, whose love language is quality time, feel the most adored when their partner actively wants to spend time with them and is always down to hang out. They particularly love when active listening, eye contact, and full presence are prioritized hallmarks in the relationship. Um, This love language is all about giving your undivided attention to that one special person without the distraction of television, (laughs) phones, other screens. I have to tell you, like when we've coached couples, this is the number one pet hate, like out of all of them, right? This is huge. Biggest. Mm. And especially with, For I think, because men like to watch sport and sort of not really listen, but listen at the same time. You know, men. You know, men, generally. We've got some good tips for you coming <laughs> up in February. Um, so they have a, a strong desire to actively spend time with their significant other, having meaning, meaningful conversations or sharing recreational activities. Okay, so let's figure out if quality time is one of your love languages. Number one, you like to spend Uninterrupted, uninterrupted time with your partner. It's critical you have enough time to hang out and enjoy each other with undivided attention, no distractions, please. Okay, number two. It's meaningful when they make time for you, prioritize you in their schedule, and don't cancel plans. Yeah, it's the don't cancel. Number three, creating memories and special moments together is super important. Sharing new experiences means the world to you. Number four, time is precious and it's meaningful to soak in every second of your time together. You feel content and happy when you are around your partner, even if you aren't really doing anything. The important thing is you are spending focused time together. So I'm curious, did any of these points resonate with you? Did you think, yes, that's me, yes, that's me? Or is this just not, you're like, no, don't care, don't care, don't care. So could you imagine if this was your top love language and then someone was putting a kitchen together on Christmas Day? <laughs> I mean, Imagine. Just, imagine. <laughs> imagine if imagine that Imagine that reality. Like, you don't want to imagine. <laughs> Now, you know, it's something this simple in a relationship. If you had an understanding and an awareness of what your love language was. So let's just take our story of the kitchen episode. Now, knowing now that my number one, so my number one love language is quality time. So we just spoke about words of affirmation and that's number three for me, right? But if we look at quality time, quality time for me is the top like the top, right? And these, you can actually do a test, which we'll explain to you later. Okay, so if your partner's love language is this particular one, how can you deliver? Like if you want to step up your game. 
Well, you could do create special moments together. So that's um, huge for me. Like, yeah, like we go for our walk. Yeah, and, you know, our holidays. So quite often if you've followed us for a long time and I have this thing, you know, Craffle, that's create a ridiculous, amazing, fun-filled life. And that's all about creating crazy cool memories. So we made a pact probably maybe eight years ago before we got married. And was on, was it before? Well, we got married nine way before marriage okay so in every adventure or every holiday it was always about how can we create crazy cool memories and we actually started applying that before we'd read the book mm. this, this was like yeah. oh wow no wonder this is so important for me but it's doing the small things for your partner as well like just sitting on the couch at the end of the day and talking and asking how was your day and actually stopping and looking your partner in the eyes and then listening to the answer because it's so easy to go, how was your day while you're doing something else? You're not engaged. You're not connected. You're not giving them the time. And um, get, and other little things like weekend getaways. You know, like just organizing special moments where you spend time together, just the two of you. And I guess a lot of times you've got, you know, families where you've got children as well. So mm. actually having just alone time for for the two, for a couple is really important. Even though family is, you know, children are really important as well but actually having that alone time and that's on you know one of our um relationship programs that we run is like it is this is the not negotiable is they they must within you know they have their first session with us and they learn what their love languages are and then we have an open discussion you know in a safe environment for the couples and then you know they it's not negotiable you need to have a date day just you and your partner you and your significant other and it doesn't have to cost money you know, you can go and um, go for walks on the beach. You can, you know, we've done, like today, Sam was out on a swing. Yeah. You know, so there's plenty of things that you can do that don't involve money, and there's plenty of things you can do that do involve money. So getaways are a huge thing for this particular person that, that this is their love language. Okay, we're going to move on to number three. Acts of service, bring it all, take it away, Sam. This is your favorite. <laughs> My favorite one. Okay, if, you, if your love language is acts of service, you value when your partner goes out of their way to make your life easier. It's things like bringing you soup when you're sick, making you coffee in the morning, bringing it to you in bed, picking you up, picking up your dry cleaning, um, doing the washing, and just helping you when you've had a busy day at work. Making your lunches. Yeah, just, just those yep. little acts that make a difference for you. Take the burden of life off you, for example. Filling your car up, putting the rubbish out. Now, this love language is for people who believe that actions speak louder than words. Unlike those who prefer to hear how much they're cared for, people on this list like to be shown how they're appreciated. Doing the smaller and bigger chores to make their lives easier or more comfortable is highly cherished by those who um, share this particular love language. Mm. Okay, so let's look at some of the characteristics of this particular love language. Number one, you feel taken care of when your partner supports you and helps ease your responsibilities when they do little chores or tasks for you. Domestic bliss unlocked. Number two, it means a lot when someone follows through on something, especially if they were paying attention and stepped in to help. When they do this, you trust your partner to pay attention to the little details. Number three, you think talk is cheap. 
Actions mean everything. You need someone to come through and to know you can rely on them. Show, not tell. You love when your partner steps in to do little things for you to make your life easier. And number five, if you're feeling really stressed or tired, it would be nice if your partner saw it as an opportunity to step up and alleviate your burden by taking something off your plate, not adding to it, off your plate, that's easier for them to do. The small act helps you feel taken care of. So put your hand up, put your hand up, put your hand up, put your hand up. That's right. How many of you can relate to those? Hands up if your love language is acts of service. And if it is, right, or if your partner is, how and what do you need to do? Do chores together or make them breakfast in bed. Something simple like that. Yeah. You know? Go out of your way to help alleviate the daily workload. So, you know, just helping around the house. Like as uh, I said before, is just putting that rubbish out, which is hmm, something really simple. really simple. Filling up the, you know. Bathing the kids. You know, just taking yes. the kids and um, organizing dinner for the kids and then reading them a book and putting them to bed. You know, when you've got young kids. Um, and, and guys, I'm just going to say the heads up because this has also showed up in, in our coaching is women get really pissed when you don't do the little things like change your washer on a tap, change or a, a dripping you know, toilet, a dripping toilet, a uh, the same kitchen handle keeps falling off. The seals on the fridge, like the light bulbs need changing. You know, my brother is a firm believer of there are pink jobs and there are blue jobs. And I'm sure he just says that to wind me up. However, when you think about the pink jobs and the blue jobs, the woman that this is, for women that this is their love language or for men that this is their love language, those little things will make a significant dent in your relationship. And I mean, this is huge. You'll be like, you'll be like the superheroes, right? So get that shit done. Don't moan about it. Just get it done because this is really important for this person. And remember guys, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And it doesn't take much. It's so, so little. <laughs> it really is. It's like a tiny, like it's a five-minute job, but we tend to just put it off because it's just a five-minute job. It's an easy thing. I'll do it later. And we just, and it's, I know that unintentionally you forget, and that's okay. You know, none of us remember everything, but when you unintentionally forget five times, you're in the dog box, mate. And it was a five-minute fix. Something we so we small. deal with this a lot. This mm. is a really common you know, in, in coaching couples, this is, this comes up huge. Like this is again, top of the range and woman, this is what the men say is she nags me all the time. She's always nagging. She's always nagging. And I'm like, are you always nagging? She's like, he doesn't get shit done. And I'm like, do you get shit done? He's like, well, yeah, I get shit done. And I'm like, can you give me an example? She's like, well, the tap's been dripping for six months and you still haven't done it. And he's like, well, that's real easy to fix. And so I'm like, as part of his homework, right? And this is really generalizing again and, and quite sexist. However, this is just, you know, some of the things that have come up in our coaching relationships. Once those little things are done, the woman feels safe. Happy wife, happy life. And in defense, woman when your man does these things, words of affirmation, 
you need to be grateful and thankful to them for what they've done. And that's going to be in our second session, so don't worry about that. Yeah. We're going to sh- when we go, we'll move into that as a second yeah, we'll podcast, won't we? Okay, now let's move on to number four. All right, number four, gifts. Gifts is a pretty straightforward love language. You feel loved when people give you visual symbols of love. Um, it's not about the monetary value, but the symbolic thought behind the item. People with this style recognize and value the gift-giving process, the careful reflection, the deliberate choosing of the object to represent the relationship, and the emotional benefits from receiving the present. People whose love language is receiving gifts enjoy being gifted something that is both physical and meaningful. The key is to give meaningful things that matter to them and reflect their values, not necessarily yours. Now, explain that. Go into a little bit of depth about that because, you know, we don't know that. We don't know what we don't know, right? Right. So this is an example of where one partner might go and spend a lot of money on a gift, thinking that the more expensive the gift is, the more, the more you love them. Whereas it's actually about the meaning behind the gift. It could be something that costs $10, but it has a special meaning. It actually, it's, it's a moment in the past that you remembered, like you might get a Pandora thing for the bracelet and it might be, I don't know, a mountain. And it's a mountain because when you guys met 10 years before you climbed a mountain, it was the first time that you said, I love you. That gift would be so much more meaningful for somebody versus a thousand dollar necklace. Or maybe not. Maybe the monetary value is important to you and that by your partner showing you that they love you by giving you big gifts, that might be what your love language is. So it's also understanding, is it the value or is it what's in the gift, what the meaning behind it mm. that um, really suits you. So let's let's have a think about, well, let's just give you some ideas of, is this your love language? So number one, you feel loved when you receive a gift. The present itself is nice, but it's really the thought behind it that counts. The gift becomes an object that helps you remember they were thinking of you, which fills you with love. Um, Number two, after a date or a trip, it's special to take a memento home with you. Seeing the item reminds you of those sentimental moments. Hmm. Number three, the best gifts are the meaningful ones. If it's a surprise gift, even better. It strengthens the bond and builds a deeper connection for you. Number four, during holidays, birthdays or anniversaries, you want to commemorate it with a present of some kind. Those days are extra special and you love using those days as a reminder of your commitment. And number five, the gestures of receiving a gift demonstrates that you are seen, cared for. This is really important. You feel cared for and prized. You really thrive on thoughtfulness behind the gesture and treasure nostalgic items. So if you know that this is your love language, then it's really important to share this with your significant other because they don't necessarily understand. And if you know that this is certainly not your love language, it's also really important to share that with your significant other as well because they're constantly spending money trying to think this, this, you know, like a, a classic, I guess, is guys are always buying flowers 
and they'll they'll buy flowers and they'll want to take them home and surprise the wife but the wife doesn't like flowers she'd much prefer a plant or some herbs that she could plant in the garden because to her it's a waste of money because you know like other people that we've coached have got kids and they want that money so that they can go and buy nappies or they can go and buy clothing for the children they don't want money wasted so there's a mismatch you know if if one person in a relationship is valuing saving and one per- the other person is valuing uh, not saving and spending because they want to, you know, express love and it's not received in the relationship, then not only are you mismatched in your love language, you're also mismatched now in your values. So that can mean that you either feel loved or you're not feeling loved. So really important to know. So if you know that your partner's love language is receiving gifts, what do you need to do? You need to give thoughtful gifts and gestures. Small things matter in a big way. In a huge way. In a big way. And express gratitude when receiving a gift. Because that's a love language of your partner's. So when they're giving you a gift, that is coming with great meaning from them. So it's also good to express your gratitude towards gifts that are given to you in return. And should we just briefly mention and share that wonderful story of a ticket that you bought me once and you didn't get the outcome that you thought that it would get? This this is all about, see how good I am? This is how hard. (laughs) Like this is another situation that, you know, early in our relationships, Sam had, you know, put so much thought and effort into this particular gift. And, And, you know, not with if if we had got together and done our love languages prior to this, would have been perfect. So I, I this is why when we do relationship coaching, we just say to people, just get the book, get the book, get the book, mm. get the book, you know, and we go through the book with them. And, you know, I mean. So about uh, about 19, 18, 19 years ago, I think we'd only been together for about a year. And um, I think it was our anniversary or your birthday. I think it was your birthday. And I wanted to do something really special. So I booked us tickets to go to Sydney for a long weekend and to stay with a good friend of Ursh's that she hadn't seen for a while. So I'd been in contact with him and organized that we would stay there. And we were going to have this amazing long weekend in Sydney. And it was going to be a big surprise for her birthday. Well, it was a hell of a surprise. <laughs> but for no- the wrong person. <laughs> That went down like a cold cup of sick. <laughs> it was a bit, it was quite, well, when we look at it now and we think back to it now, and not knowing what our love languages were. So my gifts is actually zero. Like, so when people give me gifts, it's certainly not a love language of mine. So, you know, what we're talking about before is, you know, different people have different love languages. So when people are giving me gifts, that's not, that's actually meaningless to me. So it's not, you know, unless it's like a handwritten card or something like that, the value is irrelevant to me. And we didn't know what we didn't know back then. So it was almost like, you know, poor Sam had gone out of her way thinking that she's got the ultimate present, which was a beautiful thought. But to me, it was like, why would you do that? Like it just meant nothing. So there was actually no gratitude from me whatsoever. And, you know, you can just see in relationships how not understanding this, everything can go pear-shaped. Absolutely. Hmm. But that's okay, because we survived that one too, people, so (laughs) you too will be okay. 
Okay, and the last fifth love language is physical touch. That's my favorite one. <laughs> we got there. This is my one. <laughs> my All right, two, so isn't it? Mm. people with physical touch as their love language feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, and sex. Physical intimacy and touch can be incredibly affirming and serve as a powerful emotional connector for people with this love language. The root goes back to our childhood. Some people only felt deep affection and love by their parents when they were held, kissed, or touched. Our people who communicate their appreciation through, their, through this language, when they consent to it, feel appreciated when they are hugged, kissed, or cuddled. They value the feeling of warmth and comfort that comes from physical touch. So there you go. That's all about you, Sam. Yeah, it's all about me. And interestingly enough, that's my number two. Yeah. So, you know, we're like a lot of our love languages are quite um, simple. They are. Our top three are the same. They're just in a different order. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So let's have a look at what are, if, if, if your love language was touch, what it would look like for you. Number one, you look forward to hugs, cuddles, and kissing. Nothing beats tactile, physical intimacy. And, you know, most people, I have a thing. Like, I like to hug nine at nine, like nine people by 9 a.m. doesn't matter who they are. I just like that. So that's a huge one for me. Yeah. You feel grounded in a relationship when physical affection is accessible and often cultivated. Holding hands, long embraces, and kisses are common and a welcome occurrence. So number three, your game for public displays of affection, it helps you feel wanted and desired. So some people that are like, there's just too much PDA, I can't stand it. This would not be their love language. So they actually look at that and that could actually trigger them in a way. So that is not how they're going to roll. But if you're the type of person that loves to hold hands in public or, you know, Uh, you have an arm around you, you know, you like to feel safe. It makes you feel wanted and desired. It's a really common thing. Um, Number four, if your partner is sitting next to you, you would rather sit side to side and cuddle up. The closer, the better. If they're nearby, it's almost automatic. You would reach out to them, touch their leg, play with their hair or give them a back rub. In number five, sexual intimacy makes you feel loved and closer to your partner. Now, this has also come up a lot in our coaching, the sexual intimacy. And without emotional intimacy, the sexual intimacy will be minimal. So I'm going to repeat that again. Without the emotional intimacy, the sexual intimacy will be minimal. So what actions could you take? If you knew your partner liked physical touch, you would do things like you would hug them and kiss them and hold hands. Um, you'd show physical affection often and make intimacy a thoughtful priority. So even if you're, you personally don't love touch all the time, knowing that your partner does, you just suck it up, buttercup, and mm. put your hand on their leg while you're sitting and watching TV. Um, kiss them hello, kiss them goodbye, kiss them goodnight, kiss them good morning. Those things make a big difference. They feel connected, they feel loved. And they know that you, you're not going anywhere, that you're there. But if you were to withhold that from mm. someone who really needs physical touch because you don't particularly like it, they will feel neglected, they will feel disconnected, and they will not trust 
that there is love in the relationship and they can create all sorts of shit for you. Mm. So there we go. We have now completed all five love languages. And I'm curious, which one do you think resonated with you the most? Which one do you think your significant other can relate to the most? And who's prepared to have a conversation with the other half to figure out what love language is their one? And I would suggest, like, what a cool thing to do for Valentine's Day. Like, sit down with your partner, your significant other, and say, hey, I really want to do this little quiz with you. I want to know what your top love language is. And I want you to know what mine is. Because I'm not actually sure either. Don't think you know it all. Because I thought I knew what mine was and I got it a bit wrong. And then you can actually have a conversation. What does it mean to you? What does physical touch mean to you? What does words of affirmation mean to you? And you can share this with your partner. It'll bring you closer. It'll create more emotional intimacy because you're being open and honest about something that can't really create a fight because you're actually just asking, what do you love? What do you love? Let's do more of that for each other. What an awesome gift to give a relationship on Valentine's Day or Valentine's Week or the week after Valentine's Week if you're a bit late. Absolutely. And if this is something that you're struggling with, and it, look, we really want you to know that this is so freaking common. Like emotional intimacy for relationships is at an all-time low. Like people are using devices, you know, like video, um, games. video games, like uh, drinking is a real common one every night. And, you know, drugs are on the uptake. Uh, social distancing has caused, you know, stress in relationships, being together. So if your love language isn't about, you know, you guys being together and now all of a sudden you've got quality time that you did not want, right? This is causing havoc in relationships. So if this is something that you're really struggling with and you, you know, wanted to seek some help, please reach out to us. If this is something that, you know, we can work with you and help create a more emotional, intimate relationship, we're 100 percent to helping as many people as we can because this is something that we're truly passionate about, and mm. and we get a lot of satisfaction working with couples. And we've uh, since we've done the emotional intimacy training, and we're both qualified now as coaches in this arena. I think even when I was coaching before you on this, it's made a huge difference when we can just have sharing our experience with other couples. Yeah, it's well, the thing is, there's always two sides, right? There's two people mm. in every relationship, and just understanding different sides and having a better understanding of different people's emotions and to share that with couples is really powerful because mm. you know we're by no means perfect but we have a bloody good relationship we've been together for 20 years and you know like gosh our, our fights are so minimal it's ridiculous because we do we're we share lucky the same. we share the mm. same top three the order is slightly different but it's not hard for us to share our love language. So, so most of you in relationships will probably end up with very similar love languages. The likelihood of you having polar opposite love languages is pretty low because you wouldn't have come together in the first place if one of you wanted words of affirmation and the other one was just leave me alone. You know, like it just wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have worked it out. So now it's just a matter mm. of tweaking and re-understanding mm. and coming back to where you started. And one of the beautiful things that we um, have found when we're working with couples is that 
people want to be the best wife or best husband and people forget that so people just assume that you know you don't love me anymore and it's not the fact that they don't love you anymore they've just tried every damn resource on the planet to to get a bite from you to feel appreciated to feel loved themselves and they're expressing a love language that they may love themselves right so they're putting all this effort into it and they don't realize that this is not your love language so once you figure out your love language and figure out their love language then you can be a better partner you can show up more effectively because now you want to what is your love language because I want to be a better wife and I don't know about you but for me it was really important that I understood what my wife's needs were because I don't want to be an average wife I want to be her best friend I want to be her you know her her soulmate I want to be her rock I want to be her everything and without understanding what her love language was I was I was dropping the ball all the time and even though most of the stories have been about Sam tonight although we all think her, she's perfect. We are. We, I mean, sometimes <laughs> she is. No. You know, we all, we don't know what we don't know yet. So, you know, we really highly recommend that you purchase the book, the test. Do the quiz. The test, which we'll um, give you right now. So grab a pen and a piece of paper. And the, you can easily do this online. So you go to www.thenumber5lovelanguages.com com so number five lovelanguages.com and the first thing that'll come up on that page is the love language quiz and it's really easy just click start now it's free you can do it right there on the spot I think there's maybe six or seven questions it's not very long so you know it's not going to take you forever you can do yours first then maybe you can like we kept ours a secret for while Ursh did hers I did mine mm. and then once we both had what they were we then shared them with each other and it was awesome. It was like a half-hour conversation. Wow, I didn't realize. Ha, ha, how funny. And, and I guess working with a coach for us too. Yeah. It's been really, you know, we've worked with our own emotional intimacy coach. Um, and what we've learned in our relationship has just deepened it. So it's not, we're not coming from a place of judgment. It's, it's coming from a place of how can I show up even better? How can I be an even better and bigger support for my wife? So if that's something that you're interested in, you know, please go ahead and try the love language quiz. Let us know in the comments what you've thought about today's podcast because we've really enjoyed it. It's been fun. It's been fun. We get to play together. We get to play together and Sam gets to edit this and I hope that she doesn't edit the part where... What part? Oh, you may have said something. <laughs> I said do not delete it. However, so everybody have the most beautiful, amazing Valentine's Day and remember... If your love language is known, then and, and you've got awareness around what your love languages are, then you can only improve your relationship. Your relationship is never over until it's over. And if we don't know what we don't know, then we're never going to be able to improve on what we don't know. So from our hearts to yours, have the most amazing Valentine's Day. We are thinking of you and we hope that you've loved this podcast as much as we've loved sharing it. Yeah, have a wonderful, wonderful Valentine's Day and go and work your love languages and just sprinkle a whole bunch of that love over your partner. They deserve it and so Absolutely. do you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials and don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. 
And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.